I'm on the water a lot. I own a boat with two other partners. My oldest son quips that if a golf cart and a boat had a baby, our vessel would be its offspring. That description is right on the money. Anyone who ventures out on the water in any kind of boat knows that conditions can change on a dime. A lake, a bay, or even an ocean can appear calm in appearance, but a storm may be brewing without any visible evidence. In life, sometimes we have hidden enemies too, don't we? We might not see a layoff coming or a separation or a fallout with one of our children or friends. Even the coronavirus is an enemy we can't see in many ways. But the aftermath, well, that's a different story, isn't it? The virus itself is invisible, but the havoc it wreaks in the human body is all too evident, and the loss of income for those whose businesses are out of commission feel the sting all too personally. Regardless of your situation, no one on the planet is totally insulated from the devastation that it has levied and continues to levy. But God's people are assured of a great, improved forecast. This side of eternity, we will have our sunny and our rainy days. We may not know when the perpetually sunny days of eternity will come to fruition, but we do know that someday we will live with God in the new Jerusalem. He will be our sun and our moon. We read in Revelation 21:23 that the city has no need for a sun or a moon, for the glory of God gives the city its light and the Lamb its lamp. On earth, Jesus said his word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He alone provides enough light for the next step. Think about that. He doesn't promise enough for a week or a year or a month or even an entire day or night. Just for the next step. The trouble you face now will end one day, but here on the planet Earth, we remain rooted in the learning lab of life. God's perfect lamp of life is but one tool available to us in life's storms. Another is trust. We can cling to God's compass to steer us in the direction He sees fit. Faith is another tool in our coping arsenal. And even if it's just a mustard seed-sized faith, like we read about in Matthew 17, 20, God can work with it. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That verse, however, is dependent on God's framework and not your hope or your dream work. The last tool we are fully able to rely on in life's storms is a map. Open it today for the travel tips you'll need to combat any storm. The author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, remains our most dependable cartographer. That's the official term for map maker, in case you didn't know. Not only has he fashioned the map, he commands over all the elements of the earth and any dangers or traps that you will face. He even defies gravity in its presence. When Jesus finished his infamous walk on the water, his disciples said, as recorded in Matthew 8, 27, Who is this who calms the wind and the sea? What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of captain I want for my boat. Join me in trusting the commander and creator of the universe to implement his GPS for our SOS. And I'd like to share with you an excerpt from the third book in my devotion trilogy, The Vault Door, which comes out this fall. For land's sakes, the wilderness. The wilderness is kind of a storm too, isn't it? The open space behind my house I lived in as a teenager stretched endlessly as far as my eyes could see. As a young writer grappling with adolescent growing pains, I would often set out in my boots with a notepad and pen 
to brave tall grass as I made my way to a small clearing where I would journal and write poetry. The music of the cicadas and the babbling brook played just below my favorite rocky perch. It struck me then how much easier it was to surround myself with inspiration and thought in the middle of nowhere than it was to court the muse in my own room. The need to leave familiarity behind to encounter new thoughts and ideas is as well-worn as the notion of recording our innermost thoughts. My self-imposed time in the wilderness was relegated to an hour or so, a sharp contrast to the sentences imposed on the characters in the Bible. The children of Israel wandered 40 years in their wilderness. King Nebuchadnezzar is believed to have wandered for seven years in the wilderness. And it's recorded in Luke that John the Baptist spent most of his life ministering about Jesus in the Judean wilderness. Jesus himself entered the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan, only to emerge victoriously. Today, when people hear the term wilderness, they think of a place where hardcore campers might go to get away from civilization and boast about their ability to conquer whatever nature throws at them and re-enter society as conquerors of sorts. But the wilderness we read about in the Bible is more than just open and desolate space. It is a remote, seemingly lifeless place that is almost God-forsaken in its appearance. It is barren and desolate and a place where we are most likely to come to the end of ourselves. We are free from distractions and diversions, alone with our thoughts, and, if we have the presence of mind, have an opportunity to connect with our Creator in a pure and profound way. But the wilderness can also represent the barren place where men and women reside when they are not in communion with God. The Israelites did not make a beeline for the Promised Land. God is the one who led that pilgrimage. Unlike modern navigational tools that plot the most efficient course from A to B, God's agenda is more about the journey than the destination. Refinement was God's primary goal in relegating the Israelites to decades of trudging through the sand. He wanted His people to be fully reliant on Him, from the manna they ate in the morning to the quail He would send in the evening. In our own lives, when we find ourselves in a wilderness, we might be inclined to engage our GPS, but what God really wants to do is for us to follow His leading and let Him illuminate our next steps. Trust God's itinerary for your life. And the key to kingdom living is, it's only when we lose ourselves that God's agenda for our lives can truly rule and reign in our hearts, minds, and our lives. And the doorpost is, Who is this then? He who even commands the wind and the water, and they obey him. Luke 8, 22. Thank you for tuning in today to His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her first two books in her Planned Door Devotion Trilogy are available on Amazon. Her bi-monthly blogs can be found at cindyyorks.com.